0: Thank you, Bud. Last week, we spoke to you on the subject of mercy. I hope that uh, if you did not hear that message, you'll go back and listen to that. It's kind of part one of what I want to do today. Uh, Last week was surprised by mercy, shocked by it almost, you read that parable that we spoke on, you'll see what I mean by that. Today I want us to look at Matthew chapter 18 verses 21 to 35 and the key text is verse 23. Um, It says that, and I showed you Mercy. So should you not have mercy... This is Matthew 18, verse 33. Should you not have mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? Last week was God's mercy to us. Today, our mercy to others. This kind of uh, comes in as an answer to a question that Peter has posed to Jesus. Jesus has been teaching them to forgive. And and it was a common thing that you would forgive at a limit of seven times. And Peter asked Jesus if, he says, should we forgive somebody seven times? And Jesus said, no, you should forgive them 70 times 7. In other words, on and on. That we should, our hearts should, forgiveness should flow through our hearts. And then he tells this parable. The kingdom of heaven is like. Whenever he starts saying that, that's what it's going to look like when the kingdom comes when it breaks through our sinfulness and selfishness, then the kingdom is going to look like this. And the parable can be broke down uh, kind of like a play, a theatrical production. And here is act one. I'll summarize it for you. Beginning in verse 24, a king began to take account of his servants and what they owed him. And it says in verse 24 that one man owed him 20 or he owed him 10,000 talents. 10,000 talents. Now a talent was a first century Monetary unit. And it was worth, and I, I'll tell you what I did. I just did my, my Bible here, had a footnote next to 10,000 talents, and it drops down and it says that a talent, one talent, was worth 20 years of wages. In other words, if you make 30,000 a year, a talent would be 20 years of that. One talent then would equal $600,000. That's one talent. Now, in verse 24, this guy owed 10,000 talents. That's 10,000 times 600,000. I don't know how he got that. Jesus is using a hyperbole to show how much we owe God. What indebtedness is over us? What obligation is over us? Because he has done so much more than we think. If someone gives you something, there's a kind of obligation there. And God has given us so much, especially in the gospel, that it is an infinite number. That's the idea. In fact, I took out my calculator and I typed in 600,000 since one talent is worth 20 years of wages. I typed that in, 30,000 a year was it's about 600,000. And I typed that in times 10,000, 10,000 times 600,000 and the, com- the calculator wouldn't even calculate it. It started putting up uh, the alphabet instead of new num- numbers. It's off the charts. This is how much that God has put into us that he got little in return. You can't possibly give back to God what he has given to us. This is his mercy. It's incalculable. That's act one. So he's, he owes it to the master, to the king. And the king, it's a legitimate debt. And the king, here this starts in Act 2, Matthew 18. Here's what it says. The servant fell on his knees begging him, that is the master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. And then notice this. Out of pity or compassion, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. He canceled his debt. It is like this, this man owed billions of dollars. And he said, please be patient with me. And the king tore up the I-O-U and said, it's canceled. This is act two. It is a figure of God forgiving us. By the way, let's say that I owe you $100. Well, let's make it a 1000 Let's say I owe Bud $1,000. And I go to him and I say, be patient with me. And he says, you know what? And he takes the IOU and he tears it up. Canceled. He, when you cancel a debt, you suffer the loss. What is this showing us here? That the king, who was owed billions, canceled the servant's debt, the servant's debt is totally wiped out. That means the king took the loss, he absorbed the blow. Thus, nuanced in this story is the gospel itself. Because that's what you do when you forgive a debt. It means that you no longer have access or require it for yourself. This is what God did in the cross. How did we get in so much debt? Well, a couple of things. One is the pure number of our sins against God. That's one thing. Thought, word, and deed on a daily basis all our life long. A second thing is who they are against. They're not against a dog or a neighbor. This is against divine majesty which exponentially multiplies into infinity the seriousness and gravity of our sin. And third, think of all the good that he has given to us even though We are unable to pay it back. So here is this servant. By the way, notice that he was moved with compassion, verse 27, out of compassion for him. The master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. Out of compassion. He loved him. Now in those days, and in first century Rome, a man had a right that if, he, if you were indebted to a master, he could take you, even if you're a free man, and sell you into slavery and recoup part of his money. He could sell your wife. He could sell your children. He could sell your property. And he could put you in prison until some relative would come forward and pay on it. He could keep you in prison for as long as he wanted. He could have you tortured to give up the goods. This is first century Rome. But out of compassion, instead of doing any of that, he simply dismissed it. What an amazing story. Try that at the bank. See if they, if there's anyone there who is like that. There's no one among human beings who's like that. But God is. This is the kingdom. This is a different kingdom. This is a different dimension. So act one, the guy is caught. He owes 10,000 talents which is billions of dollars. Act 2, he appeals to the king and the king dismisses his debt. Now, Act 3, the man who is newly forgiven, fresh from this new lease on life, he goes out and there he comes across a man, it says, who owed him A hundred days' wage. Now that's doable. It's not insignificant. It's not 50 cents. It might be $10,000. It's a real offense. And this man, he comes across him, and the man says to him, Oh, please be patient with me. I will pay you. But this man who had been forgiven so much grabbed him around the throat, began to choke him, and said, pay me what you owe. Verse 28, when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants. Was he looking for him? He found him. Did he leave the dismissal of billions of dollars of debt and go find a man who owed him hundreds of dollars, maybe thousands, and threaten his life if he didn't pay? He began to choke him saying, pay what you owe. So this man in Act 3 was not Forgiving as he was forgiven. He would not treat others as God had treated him. Ooh. Act four, the final curtain is about to close. Verse thirty one and thirty two. His fellow servants saw what he had done. And they were distressed. And what did they do? They went and reported to the master what had taken place. You know what that means? That means when you see a wrong, don't jump into it. Go tell the master. Talk to the master about it. Jesus, do you see what's happening over here? Don't think you're the problem solver for all the people to whom you love. But you can go to the master. You can tell Jesus what is going on and then the master summoned him. And he said this, verse 32, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you asked me to. You pleaded and I did it. Shouldn't you have forgiven this one? The king was angry. And it says he took the man and put him in prison and turned him over to the tormentors. Whoa. He said, should you not, and here was our text, verse 33, should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy upon you? That's a good question. He turned him over to tormentors. This is what happens to us But Jesus says, so will the Heavenly Father do to every one of you who does not forgive his brother from his heart. Wow! When we hold unforgiveness and anger and bitterness in our hearts after receiving the ocean of God's grace and love, we will be given to torment. An example is Saul in the Old Testament. He developed a jealousy and a hatred and a bitterness to David. And it says in 1 Samuel 16, the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. Tormented, same idea ideas here. Turned over to tormentors. Paul put it like this in 2 Corinthians 2 verse 10. He said, I forgive everybody... For everything. He said, Because I don't want Satan to take advantage of me, of us. For I am not ignorant of his devices. Paul said, I know what Satan will do to me if I don't forgive everybody. Satan will come and have a field day. And you know what? You can't be angry at one person... And keep that one person as the object. It always spreads over to other people. Have you noticed that? Because anger fills your heart, so it splashes on whoever is around you. And so this master, and let's just say it plainly. This this king treated this unforgiving servant as if he had never been forgiven. Wow. Wow. He calls on us here to totally, completely, immediately forgive every offense from every offender. I've noticed something in the last few weeks with the virus that and the government that has shut everybody in, and we're all cooped up. We get cabin fever and I've noticed something in my own life I've become a little irritable irritable with my wife I've uh, uh, you know when you stay that close in the same time, in the same space wife and children, husband relationships, marriage family, those kind of things are strained many times I heard about a guy who'd been cooped, cooped up for so long with his wife, and, and uh, she looked over at him, and she said they were eating supper, and she said, Honey, I think you have some spinach on your mustache. And he looked up and very annoyed, he said, Yeah, well, I think you do too. It's very easy to get irritable. Can I get a witness? And when that happens, we must immediately forgive. We must remember what God has done for us. We must go and distribute mercy to everyone, especially those who are closest to us. Why? Because we've received such mercy. Now what does it mean? Let me give you this, and I'll close. Have you ever seen a little child playing with another child and they have toys and they get into a tiff over the toys? One or both of them starts crying, and they're sitting there, and the parents come in. And, and if you leave them alone a lot of times and I've seen this happen, they'll one of the children will go up to the other and offer his toy. It's so pure. It's so kingdom-like. It's so precious. The kingdom of God is like this. It's what Jesus began the parable with. How many times should we forgive Jesus, Peter said. Again and again and again. Again and again, you live as a forgiver. That's the kingdom. Many years ago, I was thinking the other day, this is probably 40 years ago, I went to um, I was at a it was my first full-time pastorate. And there was a man, this was in Texas, and there was a man in the congregation who was a peach farmer, and I don't know why, some of these things are not always clear, but he hated me, and I don't think that's too strong a word, and he threatened to shoot me. And in seminary, they don't teach you anything about what you do when somebody threatens to shoot you. And it's been so long ago, and most of his family's now gone to be with the Lord, I hope. (laughs) His name was Otis. He grew peaches, and he was fairly wealthy. And I didn't know how to reach out to him because he was a regular, faithful member of the church. Now, Weatherford was a watermelon town. That was They grew championship watermelons. And one day in prayer, God just said, I'll I tell you what I want you to do. I want you to go buy a beautiful, juicy watermelon and take it to Otis, right to his house, and knock on the door and say... Otis, I, I got you a watermelon. And so I did. I drove up and I knocked on the door. Knocked again. And sure enough, Otis came to the door. And I said, Otis, I got you this big juicy watermelon. It was so beautiful. It was, I was just a child loving God and forgiving every man. And Otis pushed the screen door open, took the watermelon, said nothing, and then closed the door. Thank you, Otis. <laughs> and nothing happened with Otis, he dropped out of church. But I experienced God and his kingdom. That's mercy. Having received mercy, if you are irritated, annoyed, or offended, or trespassed against, I urge you, think of God's goodness to you over your past. Think of His patience with you. Think of His, His forgiveness of you, His mercy. Think of His grace to you, and then give it. Because blessed are the merciful, they will find more mercy. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are asking you today for more mercy. We know there will never be a day in which we're not going to desperately need Your goodness and mercy, which we can never pay back. But we can let it flow through us to others. I pray it will be so. Grant us mercy this day through Jesus Christ, our beloved Savior. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today.